Welcome to Pirate Talk Radio. In this podcast, I discuss everything Sea of Thieves, from lore to PvP, to even what fish you can catch for the hunter's call. Please sit back, relax, and join me on this adventure. What's up, guys, and welcome back to Pirate Talk Radio. This is episode 38, and I'm so glad that you chose to tune in and uh, listen to me for a little bit of time here. I apologize that this episode is going out about a day or so late than I normally do. I've been trying to get some stuff together for this episode, and quite frankly, work has been crazy, so I apologize for that. But I want to start off by thanking everyone who's been uh, listening to the podcast on the podcasting apps, watching the podcast on YouTube. I really, really appreciate it. Our numbers are going crazy because you guys are absolutely awesome. And I want to take a moment to thank a few folks who've left some love on the podcast itself. Thank you very much to Valorant for calling out on the last episode on the YouTubes. Um, thank you very much for letting me know that the tall tale playthroughs that I put up on YouTube were awesome. Thank you very, very much. And thank you on Apple reviews uh, for B-Rye. Um, this is a five-star rating. Great place for Sea of Thieves news. Great guests. Hot takes on current events. Great live streams on YouTube as well. Thank you very much, B-Rye, for that. I try to look at all the feedback that you guys leave me on Twitter, on, on Facebook, wh wherever you may be dropping um, the love. I try to check it out. And again, you can check the YouTube live streams Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, starting at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the YouTube, which is Davram TV for those of you who are on um, listening to the podcast. I do play Sea of Thieves on occasion. A lot of times, though, I am playing World of Warcraft on that. So, um, but again, thank you very much for all the love and support. Um, it's absolutely humbling and absolutely amazing. Also, before we want to, uh, before we get uh, into this episode, I do um, want to let you know that anytime you check out the show notes below, I'll leave you know relevant links and things down there about things we talked about in the show. But I will also have our sponsors, such as Deathwish Coffee, where you can save fifteen percent off your first order, and also our charity, which is helping children pay for their health care. And you can also become a patron of this uh, broadcast if you would like to financially support. Um, the podcast patreon.com slash Davram TV. All that information is down below in the uh, show notes and in the video description. So thank you guys very, very much. Now let's dive into the meat and potatoes of today's episode. We have had a couple patches uh, since the uh, tall tale, uh, the pirates of the Caribbean launch season three launch. We have had a couple patch notes um, and I do like to cover the patch notes. Now, if you go over to seaofthieves.com slash release dash notes, that is where you'll find the most recent patch notes in there. Um, I'll let you guys kind of go through a lot of them. I'm not going to cover everything. Um, the list is quite substantial because there were a lot of fixes that needed to be done to the actual patch notes or to the actual tall tales themselves. Um, so you can check those out if you would like. Long list um, on all the... Uh, tall tales themselves, but uh, you can check those out. But a couple that I did want to dive into, um, and because it also kind of plays into some other stuff we're going to talk about today, Sirens, um, the, one of the new mobs that we see, which will attack you when you're in the water, just like the annoying sharks do, um, Sirens will now be able to consistently attack you with melee strikes when the player is moving backwards. So previously... Um, before this fix, you start to move backwards, the melee strikes stop. Now the siren will kind of follow you and keep slashing at your face. So um, that has been a, a, a fix. So sirens are now more annoying for those players out there who find them annoying right now. Um, Pirate Emporium, Eternal Cannons, changed up on the Brigantine, whatever. Uh, this is where I like to get into it, which is the performance and stability. Obviously, we have a massive, massive amount of new players out there. And Sea of Thieves has struggled for a while 
to keep those players, right? We get the new players coming in with the new seasons, but then we struggle to keep them because of bugs and performance issues. So I'm glad to see that they're putting some focus around performance and stability. And now that they got their big content out with Disney, I'm hoping we're going to see more about this. So crews should no longer experience scenarios where they are unable to board their ship and fall through and into the sea instead. So that's really good. Obviously, PvP involves a lot of times boarding. So, um, you know, having to reboard your ship happens a lot in PvP. So it's, I, I, I really like the fact uh, that they, they identified that as an issue and uh, are putting some focus behind it. Improved client stability when traveling through the tunnels of the damned, which is the portal, um, right? The portal to get to the tall tales. Um, and now you can use that. And I've seen a lot of server hopping players use that um, as a way to keep their supplies. I will say this, anyone out there who loves PVP and, in, and does server hopping, please, please, please use the new tall tale portals to server hop. It helps the stability of the servers. It's helping um, overall with making sure old servers are getting shut down properly uh, and new servers are not spinning up um, or old servers are being kept open. And those are things that, that server hopping causes. So please, 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 if you are a server hopper, utilize the new tall tale. Yeah, it takes a couple extra moments um, to, to get through the portal, cancel the tall tale, get kicked back out. I know it takes a couple extra moments, but please, for the love of God, help our server stabilities out and utilize those portals when you're server hopping. I know I've been doing that in PvP, and it's so nice because I, I don't have to reload the ship every time. I don't have to buy stuff from the merchant every time. I get to keep all the supplies that I've plundered from other ships and stuff like that on the adventure. I get to keep all those supplies and I get to server hop and keep the server stable. So please, if you are a server hopper, utilize that feature. Improve server, uh, server stability, reducing scenarios where crews are removed from a game session. So again, working on the ability to better shut down servers, working on the merging system. Um, again, I hope we see more of this. Because there, obviously we all know that there are a lot of issues with uh, stability and things like that um, that I would like to, to see them fix. And now that their big content update is in, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope they put some more focus um, behind that. Um, there's a couple other items with the Tunnels of the Damned and Tall Tale Visibility, Plunder Pass. Not going to get into those too much. But this is the first time in a while we've seen this in a lot more detail than we normally do, which is hit registration, or as we call it here, historical weapon accuracy. Um, it takes a very large chunk here, a nice paragraph, just under a paragraph, and it says, in areas of intense action, which we know is when hit reg happens, players may find themselves firing shots or landing strikes that do not cause damage to their target. Right? Hit reg. Historical weapon accuracy. Whatever it is. It's a plague of Sea of Thieves. While improvements can continue to be delivered during our content updates, this still remains, and here's the key, this remains a key priority of the team. This, is a, this, this particular line of being a key priority of the team has not been seen in this. We always have in the known issues section, which there is no known issues section, or, or sorry, this is the known issues section, um, We've always seen it sitting there as, hey, an intense action, blah, blah, blah. We know hit registration is bad, right? But this actually says we're working on improvements. We know that hit registration will never be fixed, right? Because of how this game was built and because of the layering and all the different movement, movement mechanics, we will never have 100% accurate hit registration. This game would have to be rebuilt from the bottom up. Basically, Sea of Thieves 2 in order for us to have a system of accurate hit registration. But there are improvements that can be made. Of course, uh, uh, over the course of history of this game, we've seen this particular issue in a decent place, and we've seen it in a really bad place. So we've seen them be able to get it in a better place, but it doesn't stay there. And that, for me, is a big thing that Sea of Thieves has to focus on, is getting these exploits and getting these bugs fixed and keeping them fixed. Um, I know in the podcast that we had a couple episodes ago with Captain Logan, one of the items that he brought out that I was not aware of that I thought was great information is that when they're making adjustments 
in the insiders build, right? The QA build, the player testing build. They just push that out to the live version. There's only one real version of the game, right? So if something doesn't get tested properly and breaks in insiders, it could easily be pushed out. Now, I don't think that that is a forgivable thing for Rare. I personally think they should have a, a better QA staff in there and a better development staff that are, are better weeding this stuff out. But again, they've set themselves on, in my opinion, they've set themselves up to fail because of their development cycle. They used to do monthly updates. It always caused new bugs and exploits. It always did. And we would see it then uh, tried to be addressed on the next monthly update. I thought with the new season model where they were going to have one big patch at the beginning and then quality of life and bug exploit fixes throughout the season, I thought that that was going to be the way, but we're not seeing it that way. What we're seeing is a large seasonal start, right? A big patch at the beginning. And then we're seeing other new content in the subsequent two patches after. That isn't what we were promised. And that isn't what we were supposed to get. We were supposed to get content patch and then two quality of life bug fits passes. So I would like to see them get more into that habit as we um, as we continue through season three and as we get to season four. Um, I want them to revisit that idea in their dev cycle to do what they actually said they were going to do. Um, now, I've called Sea of Thieves out many times about saying things and doing something else. Um, many, many times they've came out and said, we're going to do this, or this is how this is going to do. And then they, they don't live up to what they said. And for me, that's a, that's a, that's a sore spot. Like if you're going to say you're going to do something and you're going to make something better, or you're going to change something, then actually do it. Don't give me lip service, right? Um, if you're going to give me lip service, at least buy me dinner first and you haven't bought me dinner. So don't give me lip service and actually do what you're going to say you're going to do. So I would really like to see them revisit their promises that they've made um, and actually do them. Now that the big Disney reveal has been completed, um, I would like to see them actually focus on that. I've never seen them in the course of my time playing that they push out a big content update and just within a couple weeks of that content update, they've already pushed fixes out. Obviously, when you're dealing with Disney, Disney is going to have a high expectation for you that if you're using our stuff, then you, you need to make sure it works well. So there were a lot of bugs on launch day for season um, for season three, a lot of bugs with the new tall tales, and they're they're addressing them quite quickly, which means they their team is agile enough to get these things resolved. My worry is some of these issues that are longstanding issues are things they don't know how to fix. That is what I'm really concerned about is their team honestly has no clue how to actually address them. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but that's, that's how it kind of feels. It's if you guys can get in there and fix the issues in like tall tale Two, where the tall tale was just completely broken and you fix that within a week, you should be able to get in there and fix some of these other exploits and issues like the barrel bug, like the steam game, freezing alt tab bug, um, and even making hit registration better. You should be able to do that. If you were able to fix the issues with your tall tales that quickly, you should also be able to resolve other items very quickly. You've proven that you can be agile in your development. Now you need to execute it on things that actually matter. Stop putting out, yes, we love content. Yes, we love stories. Yes, we love new voyages and new events. We love that. But what we also love is a game with a healthy population that continues to stay healthy. There's no argument for me that their Steam sales are ridiculous. They are hitting records that we never expected. See if Thieves to hit now three years in. They are now in, I believe it's three weeks in a row, the number one selling game on Steam. That is absolutely amazing. And as a Sea of Thieves fan, props to Rare and, and props to that team for three years into a game, a game that many people always say every single week, you can find it everywhere, this game's dying. Even me, myself, looking at the Steam statistics show that the game, though it's not dying, is not exactly growing and it is not exactly healthy going into season three. It's now turning that number around. We're growing exponentially in new players playing. The revenue stream specifically from Steam is going crazy. 
The fact that I can log in and not find dead servers. Hell, I logged in the other day at a, at a time that normally not a lot of people are playing. And I look at the map tables and there are two, there are four boats, four boats out of the six potential on a server that had emissary flags up. That's insane. We haven't seen that for a while. Now, emissary rewards have just switched over. I hope you're all doing well on them. I, I'm knocking mine out. I don't know if I will get all my emissaries up to where I want them to be by the end of the month, but I'm knocking them out slowly. I've been doing a lot more PVP um, than grinding out the emissary stuff because I'm enjoying the combat. Um, I'm enjoying the fighting, which I always enjoy the fighting, but sometimes my completionist side takes over. But players are playing, and now we need to keep these players. Part of that, a big part of that is on rare, making the game, um, fixing the issues with the game. But another part is on us, the players. And and I know this has nothing to do with the patch news, but part of this has stuff to do with us as the veterans, right? We all know that there is not a good tutorial system in this game, right? The Maiden Voyage, though it teaches you some stuff, it is garbage as far as teaching you combat. It is garbage as far as teaching you PvP. It is garbage as far as keeping you calm during, during a, a battle, right? And new players get out there on the seas, especially right now with the event Flags of Friendship, that they just want to sail around and do their thing. Well, the seas are not a safe place. They're not safe, right? Aside from skeleton ships and megs and krakens, you've got people like me who like to come up to you. And I don't care if you yell, we're friendly, we're friendly, we're friendly. I am going to shoot you and I'm going to sink you and I'm going to take all your stuff, right? Flags of friendship, just because that event's up doesn't mean I'm less of a cutthroat. Flags of friendship, just because it's up doesn't mean I'm not going to sink you. I'm not going to put up the alliance flag. I am not going to be your friend. I'm going to shoot you with cannons. I'm going to shoot you with guns. I'm going to stab you with my cutlass and I'm going to take all your stuff, right? Now, what I'm going to do first, and for those of you out there who are PVP-minded people like myself, and you're sitting here wanting to get Flags of Friendship done, but it really puts a bad taste in your mouth being out there on adventure and putting the emissary flag up, here's what you can do. Get on the ship, kill the people, touch all their loot, by that, I mean, pick it up and drop it. Pick it up and drop it. It will give you credit for Pirate Philanthropist, right? So the the actual um, flags of friendship that require you to drop loot on an enemy ship, right? Give your loot to someone else, basically. That can be completed just by getting on someone's ship and touching their crap and putting it back down. So there's an easy way for you to get it done without putting up the emissary or without putting up the alliance flag and being someone's friend and keeping to your PVP roots, right? So make sure that uh, if you want to get that done, you don't have to worry about giving someone else your loot. Just pick it up and drop it. The other thing is the event is not locked behind being in a alliance. Now you do get bonus uh, points for being in an alliance, but you can do forts and you can do flame hearts and you can do fleets and you can do forts of fortunes and you can do all the events kill megs and stuff like that and you can get points um four flags of friendship you just get bonus points if you're in an alliance so you can knock it out um you can absolutely knock it out um, i don't know if i will get it all done because again i've been focusing on the pvp aspect and haven't been really focusing on uh, events necessarily um and if i see someone a flat a freaking image i'm just sinking you i'm sorry so you have until I believe the thirteenth to get that done, which is Tuesday. I believe that's when it's uh, when it's done. I uh, I do, I I have all these events marked on my calendar, um, just so you know, doing this content. And if someone asks me on stream, I have it. So let me see. Let me uh, let me pull up my calendar here real quick for you. Uh, Flags of friendship goes until the fifteenth. So you have until next Thursday, July fifteenth, uh, to get that done. Um, obviously Twitch drops just ended. There'll be another set of Twitch drops in August. Um, but yeah, you have until the 15th of July to get the flags of friendship done. You have until the 31st of July to get your emissary, um, things done. So I hope everyone's doing well on those. Um, drop me a line on the, the old YouTube comments or on Twitter. Let me know how you guys are doing on your emissary. Let me know how you're doing on flags of friendship and let me know some funny stories on how you've completed flags of friendship without necessarily being so friendly. Um, I always like to hear those stories. Uh, you can also pop into the D Game Legion Discord. Links are in the show notes. 
Uh, and you can uh, you can drop me a line there and let me know how you've completed Flags of Friendship without necessarily being so friendly. Um, I always like to hear those stories. It's, it's always fun for me. Um, speaking of funny stories, uh, I've been trying to do um, some some skits or not not actually made up skits, but turning events I've seen in games into kind of funny skits. Uh, and for those of you on the podcast, you can check out my YouTube uh, and there's a, a, a Reaper's Assault video. Uh, it's very short. It's like three to five minutes long. And it's it's kind of a little skit that I made up in Adventure that was completely organic. And I came up on Reaper's trying to turn some stuff in. And I it, it's just funny. So go check that out if you haven't already. Again, it's in the Sea of Thieves playlist on my YouTube. Um, or it was just uploaded this week, um, the week of July 4th. So um, I hope you guys enjoy that. Um, I know a lot of people have, so. Um, so there you go. Uh, okay. So moving away from the patch notes and the events. And, and like I said, I hope everyone's doing well in those events and getting what you want out of them. Um, and I hope your season three is going well. My season three, I've already got it all done. I've already got the plunder pass done. Um, it did seem to me like it was a little harder this time as far as a little bit more needed for it. Um, but it's still not where I think it should be. I think it should be more difficult. Um, I, I honestly think it should be more difficult than it is. And so I'm hoping in season four, we again see improvements um, to the um, to the plunder pass itself. I, I really hope we do see um, improvements to that. So the other thing I want to um, call out here, and there was an article um, released by Windows Central Gaming um, on, on Twitter. It's windowscentralgaming.com. Sea of Thieves is, is more rewarding to play than ever in 2021. And it's article about how massive um, this update of Pirate's Life and Seasons has been to Sea of Thieves. Um, it's, it's a great um, read if you want to, to get more information about it and really just kind of understand what the impact of, of Disney coming in and what the impact of this Pirate's Life was. So again... WindowsCentral.com, you can check it out, or Windows Central Gaming, right? WindowsCentralGaming.com. I want to make sure I give you the white right site there. WindowsCentral.com. The Twitter account is Windows Central Gaming. Um, and again, it's just it's it's a nice little article that kind of again outlines what the impact was on Sea of Thieves. Um, but it comes down to as players out there, we need to do a better job of fostering and and helping these these new players i'm not saying join an alliance with them i'm not saying stop sinking them i'm not saying stop pvp but limit the toxicity right pull back the shit talking um and if you sink a ship and you know they're upset or whatever and they get a backspawn or other give a talk to them right I, i'm not saying give them loot i'm not saying join an alliance and let them have a share they lost it is your loot but try to help them understand what they could do better right don't anchor with your sails down. If you have a ship approaching, don't just yell, I'm friendly, I'm friendly, and assume they're going to be. Be battle ready. Have your supplies. Have your cannons loaded. You know, position your ship in a way you can defend yourself. Don't just assume that people are going to be nice just because you yell, I'm friendly, I'm friendly. Be observant of your surroundings. If you're going to an island, make sure you check around you before you get off your boat. When you're on the island and you've been there for a little bit of time, make sure you're you're looking at the horizon all the time. Give new players tips that can help them improve themselves and therefore enjoy the game more, right? There's a lot of players coming in just because of the Disney stuff, and they might not understand how ruthless the seas can be and get very discouraged and just stop playing because they they lose in PvP or something like that. Try to encourage the new players, right? And try to help them understand how to be a better pirate in Sea of Thieves. And that is, again, limiting that toxicity. I'm not saying stop PvP. I'm not saying, you know, don't sink people. I'm saying stop the shit talking. I'm saying limit your toxicity. You know, there are a lot of toxic pirates out there on Sea of Thieves, right? That's fine. You don't have to be toxic just because they're toxic. You don't have to be. Just move on. Just move on. And if it's a new player... Try to help them out. You know, maybe maybe you're going for that sink and the new player, you can tell in their voice or something that they're discouraged or upset. Bucket them. Repair their ship if they don't have any loot. Take the loot off and, and save the ship and just then have a moment with them and say, look, 
this is why this happened. This is Sea of Thieves. I'm going to take your loot and I'm going to take your supplies, but I'm not going to sink you. You know, here's what you can do that's better and give them some pointers on what they can do. I know the other day, um, someone was, uh, someone had watched uh, some YouTubers playing and they were double gunning, right? And there's nothing wrong with double gunning. There's nothing wrong with running a sword either. The problem was because of the mobility of the sword with the sword dashing and the bunny hopping, they couldn't hit me with their gunshots. And therefore I killed them with my sword, right? I wasn't in one spamming. That's not my style. I was bunny hopping around and using sword dash to maneuver around their ship and get in their face and kill them. Um, and they're double gunning. They would miss their shots because of bunny hops and such. Even with a blunderbuss, you can pull out a blunderbuss and I can bunny hop to one side of you and you're going to miss your one blundy. That's just how it is. Help them out. Teach them, right? Educate them on where the advantages of each of the weapons are. And if you have this particular situation where you're going against someone with a sword, here's how you can counter them. Try to give them the tips. You know, they're going to have to practice those tips in order to, to be good. They're not just going to hear your voice and then all of a sudden become gods of the seas, right? They're going to have to practice that. So it's not like you're creating a threat. But what's what's more entertaining is, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm in PvP, I want a good PvP fight. Like, I don't want something where I just roll up on someone, put a couple cannonballs in and board them and it's done. Like, I want a good fight. I want good naval. I want boarding attempts. I want challenges. I don't want it to be simple. I don't want it to be easy. That's just no fun, right? I want it to be challenging. And I want pirates on the seas who can contend with me and actually make it challenging. And it's not about getting rared that I get sunk. I get sunk because I got paired against a pirate who outmaneuvered me um, on, on the water, who was better at cannons than me, who was better, who, who got aboard on my ship. I didn't defend my ship uh, good enough. Like, those are the fights I want. I don't want the fights where I just roll up on someone, put a couple of cannonballs in them, get on board, and it's over. Like, I don't want that. That's boring to me. Though every so often it's a nice ego booster, it's boring to me. I want good interactive fights that are fun and back and forth, and you never know who's going to win until someone wins. So help these new players out. We're seeing a massive amount of new players. Let's, let's foster a good set of new pirates that are not toxic, that enjoy PvP, and are not going to like run away from a fight and are actually going to provide a good fight. It starts with each of us in all the communities that we're in. It starts with us when we're actually on the seas and leading by example and showing new players how awesome this game is and why we love it and giving them pointers to make them better pirates. So then when you encounter them the next time, it's not just a dumpster fire, right? It's an actual good fight that's actually enjoyable and it's, in, it's interactive and stuff. So, so do that. The other thing I've been putting a lot of thought into, um, along with these concepts of bug fixes and things, is revisiting what I'm going to call legacy things, right? Revisiting things that have been around for a long time um, and are not keeping up to par with where we are in Sea of Thieves three years in. Obviously, one of the things that I could easily point to, right, is the arena, right? Well, we know that they're not really developing the arena anymore. Um, they're not really supporting the arena anymore, but it's still there. One of the biggest complaints I've heard recently about arena players, including my myself has experienced it, sirens are now in the arena, which adds an interesting dynamic that I like, but a lot of players who didn't want sharks in the arena, especially don't want freaking sirens in the arena, especially folks who are trying to Board ships, TDM, uh, they don't care about the naval aspect. They're not really going after the chest. They just want to fight. The sirens are super annoying to them. Uh, and I can understand that. But I don't have a problem with them being in the arena. I think they add a new aspect to the arena. They, they now make it so navaling means naval battle. Not get in the water and board and stay in the water and wait for someone to swoop around unexpectedly. You get aboard. You can't stay in the water for very long. You're going to have sirens all over you. And you're going to have sharks on you, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's, it's, it's made a new interesting dynamic. And though a lot of arena players don't like it, I personally don't find an issue with it. I, I personally find it hilarious, especially when you can get sirens spawned, swim over to a boat, and those sirens start attacking pirates on the boat. <laughs> I absolutely love it, and I find it funny. But that's not the legacy content we're talking about, right? We know that arena is not going to get developed any further at this current time and probably any time in the first year of the future. 
The support for Arena is basically done, aside from any sort of game-breaking bugs that might be in there. What I'm talking about is legacy content, let's say, in Adventure. And one of these items that I've, I've, I've really kind of focused on recently is the Chest of Legends and the Ashen Chest of Legends. Um, that, for the longest time, was the most valuable item in the game. It was rare to come by. You had to do either an Athena voyage and, and put a lot of work into it, or you had to do a Fort of the Damned. Those were the only places to get um, Athena chest, right? So they were the Chest of Legends was super rare. It was the most valuable item in the game. Then we added Emissaries, and we added uh, Thieves Haven runs. So with the Thieves Haven runs or the Athena voyages mixed with the Emissary, you now have access to the Emissary Voyage, which guarantees you a Chest of Legends. So they're becoming less rare, but they're still pretty rare. I would say the Chest of Legends, aside from the, the Chest of Wondrous Secrets, is the rarest thing in the game, right? It's, it's rare, and you rarely see them. In the Ashen Chest of Legends, even more so. However, the price hasn't changed. The price hasn't changed for that valuable piece of loot. And I think it should, because it's not guaranteed to find a chest of legends. If you do a Fort of the Damned, sure, there's one there. If you track down an Athena person doing a, a voyage with an emissary, well, you know, there's an Athena, you know, uh, emissary in the table, so you can maybe track them down. They could do Thieves Haven's Run. They could do Athena quests, and you might not be able to track them down. So they're extremely rare, but their value isn't. So let me just kind of break down some of this, right? So at a Reaper 5, so if you're grade 5 Reaper and you sell an Athena chest, the average gold you're going to get out of a normal chest of legends, I did not test this with an Ashen chest of legends, I tested this with a stolen uh, uh, chest of legends, the green one, the, the one that comes from Fort of the Damned. At grade 5 Reaper, the average cost or the average value of a chest of legends is 14,000 gold. Now that's a substantial amount of money, especially for new players, that's a substantial amount of money. However, if we look at the same grade five Reaper and other items that you can either obtain through doing events or steal them, let's look at their value. A manifest, 14,000. Same cost, and that's a set price on the manifest, a grade five uh, merchant, 14,000. Same cost as the average cost of a chest of legends is the manifest from a lost shipments at grade five. Now, Grade five merchant is not hard to get. You do one lost shipments and usually RNG is pretty easy with those to grade five. And you have an item without really fighting anything. You just sail to birds, pick up crates, and then sail to um, get a key, sail to the shipwreck, open the thing and you're grade five and you sell an item for 14,000, which is the same cost as a chest of legends, which either takes very long uh, voyages, Thieves Haven, Emissaries, stuff like that, takes a very long time to get to the point where you get a, a, an Athena chest. Or Fort of the Damned, where there's a lot of contest, a lot of PvP potential, uh, and a lot of fighting to get that chest of legends. But a grade 5 merchant, easy to get, has a manifest that sells for about the same. So, just with that, is the chest of legends really that prestigious? That you put it up on, yeah, sure, it's rare. But is it really that prestigious in terms of its value when you can get basically the same amount of value through a lost shipments and the manifest at the end? You can do two shop. I could do two lost shipments, get two manifests <clears throat> easily in the time that I could do a Fort of the Damned and have 28,000 gold guaranteed. Or I could do 40, a Fort of the Damned, get a chest of legends, which sells. Now you get other stuff in Fort of the Damned, right? You get other stuff. But the level of effort to put in doing lost vo shipments is much lower than doing Fort of the Damned or going out and, and trying to steal or doing the, the, the Athena voyages to get that. A grade one gold hoarder flag, a grade one gold hoarder flag sold as a Reaper five gets you an average of 10,000 gold. This is not, these numbers do not include golden glory, right? I'm just talking about basic grade five Reaper sinks a grade one gold hoarder, sells their flag, you get an average of 10,000 gold. That's only a 4,000 gold lower than the average of the chest of legends. The most 
prized steel, the most prized chest in the game. What everyone wants to steal, what all the YouTube videos out there, chest of legend steel, ashen chest of legend steel, chest of legend steel, big for the damn chest of legend steel. A grade one gold hoarder flag averages you 4,000 gold less than a chest of legend. Here's the big one. And this one's guaranteed. You kill an Ashen Winds boss. An Ashen Winds boss. Ashen Winds boss. You get a skull that, if unused, sells at a grade 5 Reaper for 25,000 gold at grade 5 Reaper. The gold Reaper bounties, which randomly spawn on the map, don't take anything to really go get. Just sail there and pick it up. 25,000 gold. And they're not that, they're, they're rarer than the, the, um, the balloon one, 25,000 gold. So an Ashen Winds event, the main item of an Ashen Winds event at grade five Reaper sells for almost 10, and that's set, 25,000 is set. The set price on that is, uh, 11,000 more than the Chest of Legends average at grade five Reaper. And that's sad to me. That's sad to me because the chest of legends is such a cool chest. It is so incredibly rare to, 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 you know, just walk up and get one. The amount of work you have to do to get it is crazy. And back in the day, you know, 14,000 gold, that was a lot. And now they don't sell for 14,000 if you don't have, you know, the emissary value. Just like the skulls, the Ashen Wind skulls don't sell for 25,000 without the, 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 um, the emissary grade. But now with the emissary system, we obviously, I want to take that into account because we're doing the, emiss or you should be doing the emissaries for emissary value. So I'm not selling my stuff unless I'm grade five of whatever emissary I'm working on. I'm just not selling my stuff. Like the, the, the value you get out of getting grade five and doing that is absolutely insane. So I'm not going to sit there and do a whole bunch of stuff and just sell at lower grades. Even if there's PVP potential or there's a Reaper on my server, it's risk reward system. I'm choosing to put that flag up. Therefore, I'm going for the big reward with the biggest risk. Therefore, going for grade five with a slight loot stack and then selling. That's where I'm going for. I'm choosing that route because I want the big payout. So all those numbers were based on, you know, grade five Reaper, grade five um, Merchant Alliance. But the chest of legends forever has always been that crown jewel that, that you want to steal or that crown jewel you want to get and go and turn it into the mysterious stranger. But on a value sense, it's not the crown jewel anymore. Golden Reaper bounties are. The Ashen Wind Skull is. Those are now the crown jewels. And they're not as rare. You can get Ashen Wind Skulls quite frequently. The event's not that hard. You can get Golden Reaper bounties just on your way sailing around doing stuff. You can sometimes get two of them from a Fort of the Damned. Imagine that. You do a tire four to the damned. You have that beautiful centerpiece. The centerpiece in the four to the damned vault is that chest of legends. Up on that pedestal, it is the centerpiece of that loot vault. Yet, if you have two golden reaper chests next, you know, just slightly down tier from it, off the, the pedestal, and you are grade five reaper, that chest of legends is kind of shit gold compared to what you you get 50k by selling those two chests or you get an average of 14k selling the chest of legends which is the primary beautiful looking glowing chest right there in the center and so what i think rare needs to do is start to rethink now that we have all these new systems of emissary and ways to make these items worth more when we steal them and when we do the events I think Rare really needs to take a moment and step back and reassess the prices of which some of these legacy items um, cost and really start to think about what items should be considered those prestigious items, those, those items that are above the rest. The item, when you steal it, you feel great about it. 
That item, when you do an event or a voyage, you feel great about it and you want to protect it with everything you've got. The Chest of Legends used to feel that way. And though people still act like it's that way, in terms of the value you get out of it, it's not that at all. In fact, if I'm a grade five Reaper sailing around and I have an opportunity to steal one item, just one, you know, this is very, this would be a very rare situation that I only have the opportunity to steal one. Uh, but if I only have the opportunity to steal one item and I'm a grade five Reaper and sitting in front of me is a Ashen Wind Skull or a Chest of Legends, I'm taking the Ashen Wind Skull every single time because I'm going to get 11,000 more gold out of it than I would that amazing chest, which is iconic in Sea of Thieves. Now, I haven't done the math on the Ashen Athena. Um, those are a bit more rare than the regular chest of uh, legends, the Ashen chest of legends. I haven't done the math on that. But in general, from what I remember, the Ashen chest of legends sold for just a little bit more than the chest of legends itself. So I would assume at a grade five Reaper selling an Ashen chest of legends, you're still not hitting 25K that you would get off of the uh, Ashen Wind Skull or the Reaper bounty itself. So I really, really, really feel like they re really need to reassess the, um, the value of some of their more prestigious items. Um, that is one thing. And that is the big thing that I think on that terms, they need to reassess. The other thing I feel like they need to reassess is the loot that comes from general creatures you, you slay. We have now introduced the, um, the crustaceans, right? The crab lords, the clam lords, and the electric eels who have a chance to drop a siren gem, which values, though are not set, are very reminiscent of the mermaid statues of killing the mermaid statues. You kill a mermaid out in the water, you have a chance of getting a siren gem. Again, the values of blue, green, and red are very close to, but, you know, fluctuate because they're not set prices to the mermaid gems. If I kill an, another type of emergent creature out there, though less rare, skeletons, I don't get anything from them. And that's fine. Skeletons are very common where the uh, crustaceans are not very common. What I would like to see, though, is a change in the captains. Okay? The captains, skeletal captains um, that are emergent skeletal captains, like the crustaceans, are a lot more rare. Some of them, them drop an ashen chest. Whoop-de-doo. Or, uh, well, not an ashen chest, but a, like a, a clue to find an ashen chest. Some of them drop an ashen key or a clue to find an ashen key. Whoop de doo. Their skulls aren't always villainous, right? Usually they are if they're emergent captains. But in comparison, that villainous skull is not selling as much as the siren gem. So I would really like to have them take a look at the loot. Yes, the captains do drop the gold pouches, right? But in general, what I would like to see is an evening out of the loot where the legacy content of the old captains, the value of killing that emergent threat is increased to the same level as the average crustacean, right? And I think they're close, but I think a little tweaking there needs to be done. I feel a lot better when I kill a crustacean and get a gem off a crustacean than I do when I see a, a captain, right? I'm not going out of my way, aside from accommodations, to kill captains for value. I'm just not. One, I'm not going to go, especially the Ashen captains. I'm not going to go dig up the Ashen chest. Why? The gold pouches, the doubloon pouches in there are, are pennies. I'm not going to do it. I already have all of the tomes done, so they're not worth a whole lot. And the chest itself isn't worth a lot. The key itself isn't worth a lot. So why would I go out of my way to go and kill those emergent threats? Now, if I see a crustacean, the three crustaceans spawn, I'm going out of my way to kill them. Because if I get a siren gem, that's a, that's a couple thousand, right? That's a couple thousand. A thousand, uh, what is it? A thousand, two thousand, three thousand, right? Something like that. <coughs> or a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand, something like that. Is your average, right? The same as a mermaid gem. I think it's actually a little higher than that. But... 
I'm not getting that value out of the emergent threat of the captains. The captains have been around for a long time. I think we need to revisit the loot that a captain can drop and bring it more in line of the emergent event of the new crustaceans. It's great that we're getting all these new content pieces, right? But I think the old legacy stuff needs to be brought up to par with the new stuff. I think that's I think that's super important to keep it relevant and keep people wanting to do it and wanting to kill them. If I had a choice between a captain, any sort of captain, and a crustacean, I'm going after the crustacean every time because the chance of value is much higher. Now, the captains do have guaranteed loot where the crustaceans don't, but the drop rate on the siren gems from the crustaceans seem to be at a decent rate where there's a good chance if I kill them, I probably will get one gem out of a group, but I could get multiple. It's not guaranteed, but the chances are high. Um, a few months ago or a few patches ago, maybe it was even a year ago, they went through and redid the loot that you can get from uh, emergent water threats, right? The Meg loot table was increased. And it's awesome. Like, I started killing Megs again. Even the ones that I think are annoying, like the Hungering one and the Crested Queen, who we get all the time and we want it to be the Shrouded Ghost, but it never is. I actually find myself more times than not stopping and killing every Meg that comes up. Not only do I still need the accommodations as a pirate legend slaying a ridiculous amount of Megs, but because the loot table's decent on a Meg. So why wouldn't I stop and get that money? Same with Skelly Sloops. I used to always just run from the the, the skeletal ships. Why? Because they they don't follow the same mechanics or the same rules as a player ship, so they're annoying to to beat when they can turn on a dime and they speed up to the speed of light. And they've got, you know, they they can't miss with their damn cannonballs. It's just usually more hassle than it was to get out of it. When they redid the loot for Skelly Sloops, now I sink them all. Why? Because there's a good chance that I'm going to get a lot of loot out of it. Same with the fleets, right? The loot you got out of fleets, each ship would drop loot. And you never got that loot. Why? Because you were fighting the next wave and you never got it. Now the captain drops a ridiculous pile of loot and it's worth doing. They revamped some of that legacy content, but what did they miss? What did they miss when they were revamping it? The Kraken, right? When the Kraken first came out, when we first encountered your first Kraken, the Kraken was terrifying. It was brutal. It was angry. It has been nerfed over the years. And now the Kraken is kind of laughable. If you think the Kraken is a hard person or a hard event to beat, and you've played this game for more than a month, you really need to start practicing because the Kraken is not difficult to beat on any ship size. It doesn't matter if you are on a sloop, a brig, or a galleon. The Kraken is easy, and it's really not that scary. If you have a crew who is halfway competent, you have no issue with the Kraken, right? You avoid the suck. You have someone making sure they're checking on repairs and you've got people hitting cannon shots. The tentacles don't take that much. But why even stop and do the Kraken when the loot is absolute garbage? Last time I did a Kraken on a sloop, I got two pieces of Kraken meat and like a foul bounty skull. That is all I got. Why even stop and kill it? There's no reason. It's more hassle and more supplies than the reward you get out of it. And it's annoying, right? Just like the old skelly sloops and, and, and galleons were annoying. But at least now they're worth loot. Megs were annoying, but now they're at least worth loot. Crustaceans are annoying, but at least they have a chance to drop loot, right? So that's another piece of legacy content in the Kraken that I think they need to revisit, especially since their new tall tale the second tall tale revolves so much around the Kraken and showing us now what it looks like, what its full body looks like, what its face looks like. There are so many opportunities now to take this legacy piece of content, the Kraken, and update it and update the encounter, make it different, right? Not just tentacles coming out of the water and the ink on the thing and, you know, that it wraps you and, you know, it sucks you, whatever the case may be. Make it more interesting now. And yes, it's going to take a little bit more development to make that entire event more interesting. But it wouldn't take that much development just to increase its loot table. That would not take much. You did it pretty quickly with the Megs and Skelly. It wouldn't be that much to add to its loot table. 
and make it at least worth stopping and doing. Instead of just putting your sails into the wind, finding the closest exit to the ink, and just moving on with your life. People are still going to do that. I know I would still do that. But if you at least make it worth my time, drop a couple chests, drop more skulls, more valuable skulls, drop some gems, drop some barnacle chests, the barnacle chests. <laughs> I've been calling them barnacle chests, and people get annoyed by that, but I, I like it. rolls off the tongue better than barnacle. Barnacle. It just sounds funny. Um, drop some barnacle chests so people can continue to work on their, um, their barnacle accommodation, right? Increase the, the loot table that it has. Obviously the idea of the Kraken is it's wrapping ships up, destroying them and pulling them into the depths, probably eating some stuff along the way, just like the Meg. How does the Meg have chests and stuff in inside of it? Skulls and things because it's eaten pirates. It's eaten ships. It's consumed those items by attacking the ship it's inside of it you kill the meg you bust it open it's like a freaking pinata a pinata shark that drops a whole bunch of loot right the kraken is an even bigger creature than the megalodon so it should have inside of its body chests and skulls and gems and all this fun stuff but it doesn't it drops a couple pieces of kraken meat a couple skulls or a chest and and it's not even worth your time and now that we've got an entire tall tale, that one of the big events in it is to actually attack the Kraken, and the Kraken is constantly looming, and you finally get to see its body in its head. Where's the loot? Maybe have the real-world Kraken drop the chest of everlasting sorrows, if you want to deal with that annoying piece of garbage. But have it drop something that's actually worth the value for me to stop and care about it. Right now, I don't. Right now, I care zero about the Kraken, and I'd rather just get out of it and move on with my life. That's another piece of legacy that they could bring up to date. And what I would like to see the future of that go, what I would like to see the future go, is I would like to see them change, the, completely retrofit the Kraken encounter. Completely retrofit it, and bring in some of the new stuff that we see in Tall Tale 2. Right in Tall Tale Two, in the in the in the um, the Sunken Kingdom, I want to see them bring more of that in, where the head of the Kraken during the fight will come out of the ink and like, like instead of like when it wraps you, like when it, when it's got you wrapped, the head of the Kraken comes up out of the water with it you wrapped and like starts like biting down on your boat like it does in the Tall Tale. Right, that would be a cool new thing to do in actual adventures. Just revamp that Kraken completely in a way that that it's more engagement and it's more threat because the kraken is not a threat and the loot it drops just absolutely sucks so i really think now that they've got this big disney update done they need to go back and first off they need to focus on the bugs and exploits okay first off but in future content updates when they when they push out the beginning of seasons right season four season five season six start to look at some of their legacy items <clears throat> and legacy events that they could revamp and make fresh again and make it feel like it's worth doing, right? Like it is, like like the new events are, right? Fort of Fortune, totally worth doing. Little long, but worth doing. Chest of Legends, not as valuable. Skeletal Captains, Ashen Skeletal Captains, Gar Ashen Guardians Keymasters, not worth doing. Crustaceans, definitely worth doing. They're new. Kraken, legacy content, not worth doing. Not worth doing. Right? Revamped Meg, worth doing. Revamped Fleets, worth doing. But Kraken, no. No. Le the legacy content is getting left behind. And that that's really, that's really frustrating me and sad because I want to see these events and I want to see these things that were challenging at one point and terrifying at one point or prestigious in the chest of legends. I want to see those things rise back up to where they once were. We've got a lot of cool new stuff in Sea of Thieves right now. It's a great time to be a player of Sea of Thieves. It's a great time to get people involved in playing Sea of Thieves. It's a great time to bring your friends, co other community members. It's a great time to get involved with Sea of Thieves. But as, for Sea of Thieves veterans, it's, it's now time to start asking Rare. Not only do we want you to fix your stuff, Fix your legacy problems, but also take those legacy things that used to be so prestigious, 
so terrifying and revamp them and bring them into 2021, bring them into the pirate's life and update them so they're actually worth doing, worth stealing and worth going after again. So that's what I would like to see them start doing in some, some maybe season four, season five, um, you know, kind of retrofit some of this old stuff and bring it up to the standard that they have set now with the pirate's life um, thing. Because I honestly feel like with the content that they've shown in these tall tales, with the new stories, with the new, um, with the new, uh, um, like cut scenes that they have in there with the new mobs that they introduced with the phantoms and the sirens. And you see the Kraken now, and you got the chest of everlasting sorrow and the new ways of completing puzzles. They've set a new standard of what we're going to expect in content, but they have so much legacy content that's outdated. They have so much legacy content that's outdated that they need to bring that content up to this new standard. They really need to update that legacy stuff and bring it up to the standard. Maybe it's adding value to the loot table, but I think a lot of it, especially along the terms of the Kraken is bringing some of this new standard, what we saw in these tall tales to adventure and changing up and retrofitting that Kraken encounter and making it a lot more fun, a lot more dangerous and a lot more worth doing. Um, I think I would love to see that. Um, but we'll see where they go with it. Um, I don't know if they're going to go that way. I have my doubts that that that's probably not something we're going to see, but I would like to see them go that way. And I would like to see, um, a, a retrofit of a lot of this legacy stuff. I, 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 I really would. And making, I, oh God, I just want that feeling of stealing a chest of legends and being like, I just stole the most valuable thing in this game and I'm cashing it in. Like, I want that feeling again. And it's just, it's just not there. It's just not there. Leave me a comment in the YouTube video. Send me a message on Twitter. Tell me what legacy content that you would like to see rare revisit um, the next time that they start looking at some of this stuff in season five or season six with their updated content patches. Tell me some sort of legacy content that's been around for years or a year or whatever. Tell me what you would like to see them retrofit and update. Maybe it's an item. Uh, maybe it's a cosmetic, uh, maybe it's an encounter. Tell me what you would like to see rare, um, update. And, and I would like to see what you have to say. So leave me a comment on the YouTube video, send me a DM or a message on Twitter. Um, all those details are in the show notes below to reach out to me. Um, but guys, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode a little bit different of an episode than I've done before, but I had a lot of fun preparing it and putting it together and doing research on some of these legacy items um, and researching their value and stuff like that. So I really did enjoy that. And guys, if you haven't done so already, please do check out the audiobook, the Sea of Thieves. I think it's called Athena's Fortune audiobook. I, I think I'm on chapter four right now of the audiobook on Spotify. It was narrated by the guy who plays Captain Flint. I think his name's Toby Stevens. Absolutely fantastic job reading it really does play a lot into what we've seen recently on Sea of Thieves with Lorena um, and, and just gives you some good backstory about the Sea of Thieves and the Pirate Lord and stuff like that. So go check that out. Um, it's, it's a really good read. And also check out the comic book series on Comicology. Um, a, another great place. I'm a huge comic book nerd. Um, so definitely a lot more places that you can check out some Sea of Thieves content. Also, um, just keep in mind, Twitch drops will be back in August. I don't stream on Twitch, so I know there's been a couple people come to my YouTube streams when I've been, hey, can I get drops? No, those are Twitch drops only, and I don't see myself going back to Twitch anytime soon. So make sure you uh, keep up with your calendar on when the trip drops are. And also, check out the Insiders. Go to Insiders, play your hour a week, get your cosmetic, and put in some valuable testing so we can make sure that things that are fixed now don't get broke in the future. You can obviously check that out by searching for insiders. See if these insiders, you can sign up with an account. You can't talk about it. You can't talk about it. Uh, you do have to sign an NDA, but you do get cosmetics out of it. You do get to test some of the new stuff coming out, but more so you get to have a direct forum access directly to rare in order to report bugs and issues that you've noticed that have popped up with some of the new update updates. So guys, thank you very much as always for listening, for watching, 
Take care of yourselves and each other, and I will see you next week on Pirate Talk Radio.